fantastic. Like Andy said, I'm Jason Hubbard. My wife preached last week, Amy Hubbard. A um, little tag team going on. Um, I am not going to try to go to her level, but I am believing that God is going to speak to your heart, and that you will be challenged today, you'll be exhorted today, and that you'll be able to walk away from here um, kind of with an idea of, okay, what's this all about? What am I supposed to do? Is that good? Yeah. Let me pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, as we sang, as we've talked about, God, we need you in our lives. And I pray, God, that as um, we spend these few minutes, Lord, that you would stir our hearts. Lord, that you would fill us up. Lord, that you would speak to us um, beyond our minds into our souls and our spirits in a deep way. Um, God, and that your word would transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> um, I love and have since I was a little kid to go um, just get away from everything, go into somewhere deserted or somewhere where there are no lights. And it's often for me, that'll be somewhere down at the beach or as I was growing up, it was... Um, the Colorado River, which is in the middle of the desert. There's no lights there. You, it's just there's no pollution at all that, that, you know, that we live in all the time. And when you get out and the sun goes down and it's the middle of the night and you look up, what do you see? You see, yeah, those things. We don't see them here in the city very often. But you look up and you see more stars then you can count. I mean, all, when you look up, it's like, whoa, that is incredible. That is huge. That is, that it's, it, it really is beyond what we can fathom. You know, the universe, the, the creation of God. And when I, I do this recently, the most recent time where it just was like overwhelming was when I was at the Grand Canyon um, just over a year ago. We, we spent the day hiking around, and then the evening, we came back to the edge, and there's, there, it's dark as can be. The, the, the moon hasn't come up, and um, we, we just sat there as a family and kind of just looked up, and we're just quiet for a while. And when I was, I was looking up, I thought to myself, God is so amazing. He's huge. He's magnificent. He's bigger than you know, I can even imagine or think of. You know, I just see God in this, this amount. You know, he's so much bigger than my thoughts and the way I think about him. He's so big, so incredible. And at that same moment, I had, a, I had another feeling. And you can imagine what that would be. It was a feeling of insignificance. It was a feeling of being so small that I am just this, this grain of sand on this planet in this massive galaxy. And I, I just felt so insignificant. And, and the, the reality is, is that's the truth. I, I am insignificant except in Christ. And that I realized, again, another kind of just is I need God. I need God in my life. He, he is the one who... who gives me identity. He is the one I, I, in Christ I find who I am, what I'm supposed to do, what this life is all about. Outside of that, I am just so small. When you think about the, the scope of creation. 
And I have to confide in you. Right then, I felt really close to God. In those moments, it's just like, oh, yeah. You know, where, where, those, where, where there's revelation. You ever had that? Sometimes it's in a quiet time. Sometimes it's when you're driving in the car, worshiping, whatever it is. Sometimes God just speaks to you, and you just, you just know that's him. But there's a lot of times where that's not the way it is for me. There's a lot of times where I'm going to have true confessions here. I, I doubt God. And sometimes I doubt so, so much that it's down to the very deepest part of who I am, to my core. Have you ever been there? Have you ever doubted God? I don't know that since I was a, became real, a Christ follower at age 17, I don't know that I've doubted him in the sense that he doesn't exist. I know that he exists. And in, in those moments where I'm doubting him to the very core, his spirit still is inside of me and testifies. But it gets dark quick. I'm a, a very positive, happy person. I, I am one of the most op, op, optimistic people that you'll meet often. I just, to, to a fault. And Amy will tell you that. But I doubt sometimes that God's going to provide, that he's going to show up in this circumstance, that he, he is in the middle of what is happening. And it gets dark quick. And in those moments, you know what pulls me out of the darkness? You know what, you know, it re really rescues me from going deeper? It's relationships. It's you. It's the church. It's my life group. It's the people who I do life with. That is what rescues me. We need each other desperately. Not just in those moments. We need, all, we need it all the time. But you know you need it in such an extreme way when you hit that dark time, when all of a sudden the world's closing in on you and you need more. One of those times for us was when Amy was diagnosed with cancer. I've shared this before. But it was our life group. It was the people that that we had been building with for years who came to support us, to pray for us, to lay hands on Amy, who, who you know, continued to check in. Hey, how are things going? You know, what, what's happening with the diagnosis? What's, what's going on? Those people are the ones who kept us, you know, strengthened in our faith. Their prayers, their questions, their support, their love. We need each other desperately. That's why we talk about life groups here so much. That's why we really believe in meeting together outside of Sunday morning. You know, you could come and go Sunday after Sunday and never really become part of the church, never really become intermingled or the part of the, the puzzle, you know, put into that puzzle piece, that puzzle piece put into the puzzle. Give you a second. All right, all right. Sunday after Sunday, we can serve, we can sing, we can preach. And never build those relationships that we need so desperately to live the life that God has called us to live. We, it has to go beyond Sunday morning. Church has to go beyond this meeting. Coming here on Sunday. If this is all it is, it's not enough. 
That is not what Jesus died for. That is not what he had in mind when he, when he sent the disciples out. It was it's more than that, right? Wasn't it? Come on, give me a little feedback. Was it more? Yes, it was. The church has to go beyond Sunday morning. It has to be more than this. I wrote down here that, the, that it's a people who are united together by the blood of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and for the cause of Jesus. We are a people. The church is not a building. It's not a place we come together. The church, we always get it confused. The church is not Sunday morning because we come to Kennesaw Elementary School in this awesome cafeteria. Yeah. No. That is not the church. The church is because we are gathering together in the name of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus, and for the cause of Jesus Christ, that his name would be glorified throughout the earth, that the gospel would be taken to the ends of the earth. That's why we come together. And that's why we build relationships. That's why we do life together. You know, the... You look around, we are very different. But God has called us to walk together for such a time as this, right? For 2,000 years, Christians have been gathering together. When the, at the, the birth of the church, Jesus had this in mind. He told the disciples to gather together and to wait, right? And the, the scripture talks about how they would continue to meet together over and over and over again. I love that picture of the church. His people meeting together, breaking bread together, caring for one another, loving on each other, doing life together. That's the picture of the church. The church is more than Sunday morning. We are united by faith, and we are united by mission. It has to be more than just a gathering. It's in the name of Jesus and for the cause of Jesus. Today, I want to pick up where Amy left off. She talked about right after the resurrection and some of the, the, the disciples' doubts. She talked about how Peter, even after seeing the resurrected Christ, you know, said, didn't know what to do, was confused, went back to fishing. And then she talked about how Jesus showed up on the seashore to restore Peter. And it was a moment where Jesus understood, had compassion, was filled with compassion for him, and knew the doubts. Jesus knows when we're struggling. Jesus knows when we're in a dark time, and he comes to us. But we need each other as well. And at this moment, when all seemed lost, when the disciples, the church truly, or symbolically, was in ashes... Right? It, 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 
they, it was destroyed. They believed that Jesus was going to set up an earthly kingdom. They believed that there was going to be a reign during their time there. And then he was crucified. They were distraught. They didn't know what to do. They were cast down. The church did not look like it was going to continue. And then Jesus showed up. And what he said to Peter was to feed my sheep, was to take care of his people, to look after one another. And out of that, we, we see the beginning and the birth of the church in Acts. And that's where we're going. I want to give you two foundational elements that marked the early church, and I believe that should mark our lives in our church today. And we're going to look, if you turn to Acts 2, we're going to start there in just a second. I believe that the church is the hope of our nation. I believe that the church is the hope of the world. The, the, the church, the people of God, carrying the gospel, carrying Jesus with them, is the hope of all people. Do you believe that? I believe that that's what Jesus believed. Because think about it. Think, think about the, this moment when Jesus shows up with the disciples. Um, they're all in that room hiding out. And they're having this conversation. Jesus shows up and they're like, I thought you were dead. Jesus is like, all right. This didn't turn out how you thought. You know, hey, it's cool. This didn't turn out exactly how you thought. I know you thought I was going to usher in, you know, this big reign and kingdom here. And I ended up being crucified and dying on the cross. I got it. I'm back. Okay? I'm resurrected. I'm here. You know, the, th think about this moment. And then what he, what he says. So they're like, yeah, he's back. Then what does he say? He doesn't say, okay, now's the time. I am going to usher in. He says, no, now is the time that you are going to take this message to the ends of the earth. Totally flipped it on him, right? I mean, they're, they're completely lost. He shows up and he says, you guys who are scared and hiding and, you know, completely confused, you are going to change the world. And he still says that to us. You know, I can get as confused, as distraught, as downcast as they were. But God chooses to use me in small ways in people's lives. He chooses to use you to change people's lives. All right. Let's get into it. In Acts, it starts out a continuation from Luke. Luke wrote Acts and wrote the Gospel of Luke. At the end of Luke, what he says is this. He, Jesus says, gives, gives him this big speech and says, Wait. Okay? He says, you're going to go and make disciples. You're going to change the world. 
but wait. Why did he say wait? He said wait. He said wait for the promise of the Father. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come and to empower you. And in Acts, it's repeated, and it, and it specifically says this, to empower you, you will receive power to be a witness. God gives us his spirit. He fills us up, as we sing today, fill me up, fill me up. He fills us up to empower us to do what? To be a witness of him. And where? It says, starting in Jerusalem, starting here, with your neighbors, with your family, in Atlanta, going to Judea, the U.S. maybe, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. And then in it, it, in right there, what, what's going on is there's about 120 of them only. That's about the size of our church. It's about 120 believers at this time, meeting together, praying together, it says, eating together, and waiting. Right there already we see a key, that they are together. And they're praying, believing God, waiting on him. And then the moment comes. They're gathered together. They're, we're, they're praying. And the moment comes. We call it Pentecost. The moment comes where the Spirit of God falls. The promise of the Father, it happens. And I'm going to read it. If you turn to Acts 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like a sound of blowing violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated, separated and came down to rest on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They were completely, it goes on to say, that those around them heard in their own language and that everybody was completely amazed, asking this question, how can this be that these guys who were once just fishermen or tax collector are are, are publicly being so bold, speaking in all kinds of languages or speaking so that they hear all kinds of languages and proclaiming Christ. How can this be? They're completely amazed. And in that moment, God was breathing in new life he was breathing in his power. He's breathing in new life to these ashes so that out of these ashes, the church would be, would be birthed. It's, we, we desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit. I think we, we don't completely put enough weight on this these days. We need God desperately if we want to accomplish his purposes, if we want to fulfill the mission of God 
if we want to do something that's beyond us, if we want to want to be part of the church that is victorious, that is overcoming, that is advancing, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. We need to call out for God for more of him. When we were singing that song, fill me up, fill me up, we need to do that every morning. Get up. First thing, or after you get a cup of joe, after you get a cup of coffee, (laughs) call out to God and say, God, fill me up because I desperately need you. You don't know what's going to happen to you that day. You don't know what's going to go on. Your whole world could flip around, flip upside down. Or it could be smooth. It doesn't matter. You need God. If you want to be an effective witness of God, if you want to be able to proclaim the word of God boldly, if you want to be able to be sensitive in that moment where somebody's sharing something deep going on, or they're actually not sharing anything at all and you want to see right through that, we need God. Because you know what? He loves those people. He knows those people. He knows exactly what's going on in their lives. And he reveals that to his people. We need God desperately. We need to say, God, fill me up today. This wasn't a one-time event. The Spirit filled them multiple times, the same people throughout Acts, so that they could do the work, the mission that God had given them. Do you know something? God has given every single one of us work to do. The Bible says that. Scripture says, He has planned good works for you. Every single one of us has work to do. And we need the Holy Spirit. We need God to fill us to be able to do it every day. That's the first foundational element. Second, we see in Acts 2, 42 through 46. Really, we've seen it the whole time. But let's read this. really gives you a perfect picture. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, into prayer. Every one of them was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who was in need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. The second foundational element is that the believers, they walked closely together. They were together. They were united. They ate together. They prayed together. They bore one another's burdens together. We need each other, especially in those dark moments. But we need each other just every day. Who, who's recently gotten a text from somebody with a scripture or a word of encouragement or from, from one of the, somebody in the church or something like that? I have. I know some of you have. If you haven't, 
Start sending them. Then all of a sudden, you'll start getting them. I promise. That's how it works. Let's encourage one another. Let's make church more than Sunday morning. Let's make it something that we do every day. If you can't get together with somebody for coffee, invite them over to your home that week or that day, send some texts out. Reach out and touch somebody. Encourage people. Send out verses. I'm not going to sing, no. I don't do that. Andy does that. I don't do that. We see the disciples coming together, taking care of one another. That's the heart of it. Caring for one another in a deep way. You can't do this in this setting. It doesn't work here Sunday morning. You can, you can have a couple good conversations. We come and worship together. There is, there is strength in what happens here on Sunday. I'm not saying don't come to church. I'm saying exactly the opposite. Let's come here and gather together and worship God. There is, there is goodness to that. There is strength in that. There is, we get filled here. But let's make it more than this. D.L. Moody says this. He said that church attendance is a vital is vital to a disciple as, as a transfusion of rich, healthy blood to a sick person. That coming to church is as vital to a disciple of Jesus as when you're sick, your blood is bad, getting a tr- new blood, a transfusion. I believe that. I believe that we absolutely need to come and receive from God Sunday morning. But it has to be more than that. It has to, number one, it has to transform our lives. The Spirit of God has to come fill us, not just Sunday, every day, stir our spirits, fill us with compassion for, for lost people, and give us that boldness and strength we need to proclaim his goodness and freedom to the lost. Amen? Secondly, is that we see very clearly at the birth of the church, at the start of the church, that one of the most significant marks was the Holy Spirit and that the disciples were together. They cared for one another. They walked together. They cared for others together. And what happened? When this was going on, what took place? What happened next, does the scripture say? It says that 3,000 people right then were added to the church. By the end of Acts 2, that, that and, and Pentecost, 3,000 people. And then daily they gathered together and people were added. They gathered together, people were added. They cared for one another, people were added to the church. They looked after each other's needs, people were added to the church. Because when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we are walking together, holding each other up, encouraging one another, looking after each other, we will naturally reach people because we are filled with the goodness of God. We're filled with his power. We are going to want to share that with everybody around us. And that's exactly what the disciples did at the beginning of the church. And I believe deep in my heart 
that that is exactly what God wants for us today. Amen? That we would walk closely with one another and that every day we would be filled anew with the power of the Holy Spirit to go and proclaim his goodness and to love on those around us. Would you stand? Lord, I pray that we would not just come to church, but God, we would be the church. Lord, that our lives would make a difference in the the scheme of eternity. Lord, we are just a speck, a breath, the, the, the scriptures say. Our life comes and it goes. It passes by. God, I pray that we would make a difference in people's lives. Lord, today, and if you just say this in your heart, if this is, is this, this is where you at, you're at, Lord, today, I pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. Right now, God, fall on us, fill us. God, that you would empower us to be a witness. Lord, that we would walk in your boldness. God, and I pray that we would walk together. Help us love one another. Help us care for one another. Help us be intentional about doing that, God. It doesn't just happen. Help us, God, really be intentional about making a difference in each other's lives. In Jesus' name, amen.